0: This is Papers to Practice, a series where we take important sanitation publications and break them down in 45 minutes. We ask the author directly who should know about the publication or research, and what are the key points so that professionals and practitioners working in sanitation can put these papers to practice. I wanted to give a bit more of an intro today. Uh, than I typically would, because today is is a special day. Uh, It's it's close to our one year anniversary um, from the actual launch of Papers to Practice last year. Um, And it's a bit of a bittersweet day because today is actually my final interview as I'll be leaving cost. Um, But I wanted to give a bit of background for our new and old listeners. about how we actually got started. I don't think it's any secret that um, reports and publications take time to kind of find and go through to be able to put them to practice. And it was actually in one particular conversation that uh, a particular individual from the sector said, "You know, there's got to be a, you know there's got to be a better way to be uh, bringing." kind of the learnings and the research to the sector. And we were joking that maybe we could come up with an app <laughs> to be able to distill those reports and, uh, and make them easier to digest. And while it was a joke, um, it got me thinking. And that is kind of what led to the genesis of Papers for Practice. Um, the idea is to be able to distill, publications of all different types, so that they are you know easy to access um, and and a bit more fun to to engage with to be able to actually take the learnings and put them into practice. So uh, I brought the idea to Dorothy, uh, and she agreed to do this with me and uh, engage in a brave new world of podcasting. And uh, we both dove in to To kind of figure this out. And for this episode today, um, we, yeah, we've tried something special. it's It isn't our traditional um, approach. We I have brought on one of my colleagues, Marcio, who will be supporting in this interview um, so that we can engage in both English and Portuguese to be able to interview our author today. So that's exciting. Um, and this paper also fits in a lineup of our you know, our mini series related to sanitation and climate. The focus is um, a review of technologies that are appropriate for flood-prone areas. Um, and I think one of the, the, the key takeaways from this review is not just you know, how to categorize different flood types um, and and the review of the actual systems themselves, but some discussion on how important um, user uh, selection and engagement is to the successful operation of a technology. So, um, and I think that's not that's that that is something that's well known, but I think it's it was worth reiterating here, and kind of features multiple times throughout the interview Um, with that let's get started Uh, let's kick this off i want to introduce marcio uh, boto who is uh, my colleague here at cost he is a knowledge and research advisor like myself um, and he has agreed to join me today to be conducting this interview it's really him leading it but of course, I will be interjecting. I'll try not to interject too much, but I'll be interjecting throughout. So with that, I'd like to turn it over to Marcio.
1: Thank you, Laura. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, our author today is João Paulo Borges Pedro. João Paulo holds a PhD in environmental sanitation from the university, from Federal University of Minas Gerais. He has 12 years of experience working with rural sanitation in riverine communities in the Amazon. And he's currently a researcher at the, I'm sorry, uh, João Paulo, I hope I, I pronounce it correctly, Mamiraua Sustainable Development Institute with rural sanitation. And he's a member of the research group on innovation, development, and adaptation of sustainable technology. Thank you so much, João Paulo, for accepting our invitation to share your work with us. I'm sure that the knowledge shared here today is very valuable and can help many practitioners, organizations, and government actors. So welcome. Before we start talking about your paper, so João Paulo, can you please tell a little bit about yourself and uh, your work?
2: All right, thank you. Um, Well, I am a sanitation researcher here in Brazil, Amazon. I am a very active person, I sportsman. I like to pilot the drones and photography these things. I am here for 12 years in Amazon. It's a challenge because the environment is so different from the south of Brazil. But I love this challenge. I think I can, I can contribute to this situation of sanitation here. So as a coordinator of young scientists, I, I really believe in science and how science can contribute to education and the conservation of Amazon. And I really believe in sanitation as a, a, a immediate service that should be given to the communities and the the federal government should take care of.
1: Great, John Paolo. So All of you out there who is eager to learn about these technologies and how to implement them in flood prone areas, listen up. This is an episode specifically for you. If you had to identify a specific audience for this paper, who would that be? Who should be reading this paper in terms of practical implementation of the findings?
2: Well, Writing a scientific article is is always a challenge. But I would say that the main group of readers should be technicians representing the public power, interested in implementing sanitation technologies for flooded areas. Managers who are concerned with solving this problem and who have decision making power in these locations. My wish is that politicians and public st- institutions related to sanitation, such as departments of health, departments of infrastructure, can access the published information and actually get involved in solve these problems. I also think the public from academia and science could be interested. Since traditionally, rural sanitation and flooded areas are very little explored in this- by this audience.
1: This is the part of the show where we will ask you to break down your paper and tell us what we need to know as practitioners and professionals working sanitation. In essence, we are asking you to demystify your sanitation research so we can put it to use. To make it interesting, we have asked our other professionals from the sector to review our paper and ask you questions directly. Whenever a concept is too complex, I will stop you and ask that you re-explain the concept as simple as possible until all are satisfied with their understanding. So let's start briefly with your methods. What did you do? And how did you conduct this review, João Paulo?
2: this is this is a classic review so we conducted a lot of research to find articles papers and reports to get the information that we would like to to get the related to our objective we found more than 2000 publications and then we applied filters and more filters and in abstracts and titles and finally we selected 28 papers to to analyze. After we found the, these these relevant publications, we are looking for information specifically of sanitation and flooded areas.
0: You were looking for this information for what purpose?
2: The first idea, the first idea was to find out about technologies for food prone areas in Amazon. But we think it was a good idea to expand this research and see what is happening in the world about sanitation in flooded areas. So we starting with an Amazon idea, and then we expanded this to find out what could be used what could be used in other locations.
0: Like this review is what led to the design of the, the kind of the new technology. Is that correct? Uh,
2: let, me, let me see if I understand. Marcio, could, could you try to clarify?
1: Se essa pesquisa que você desenvolveu, toda essa pesquisa de revisão bibliográfica foi como propósito maior, como base para o teu projeto e o teu design da tecnologia que vocês ah. estão aplicando na Amazônia. Se isso foi base para o desenvolvimento da... Se serviu como motivação sim, sim. ou
2: como base para o pro, pro projeto, para o design? Sim, foi isso. Eu não sei como dizer isso, <risos> mas foi isso. Uh... The motivation to conduct this review was to get information to develop uh, and technology for floodplains of Amazon.
1: In the paper, an entire section focused on floodable environments. How were these categorized, and why is this important to the review?
2: Initially, we thought of the floodable environment of the Amazon. But later, we thought that our work could be expanded to other similar areas. That's when we conducted a briefly literature review to find out what types of man-foodable environment occur in the world because sanitation technologies could be more or less uh, applicable. We thought that this part of the publication was important precisely to show people from these regions that is possible to solve this problem and that is possible to think of adaptations of similar contests to face these challenges. A technology applied to the tidal environment can be similar to the monsoon environmental, for example.
1: There are so many other areas in the world facing the same issues, such as Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, and uh, China, exactly. and all of those. You know. As you have well identified in your paper, there is a notable lack of more in-depth studies on appropriate sanitation solutions for florable areas. What were your findings about these technologies? What are the applicable sanitation technologies for these conditions?
2: Sorry. The key findings, in my opinion, is there is technologies for food-prone areas. Because sometimes we, we just think there is not, but there is. And these technologies can be divided into dry solutions and hydric solutions. This is the main point for me.
0: And what what makes these technologies for flooded areas different than other technologies for let's say
2: non-flood related area or like flood affected areas? The main characteristic for technologies for flood prone areas is the elevation of the system. The elevation is the key. So depends on the water level, but always it must be elevated. It could be dry or could be hydric.
0: When you were doing the review, did you find any systems that were function, like that worked, but that were not elevated systems?
2: Marcio, could you help me?
1: Uh, se, se teve alguma 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 dessas reviews das tecnologias, né? As tecnologias que você chegou a, a pesquisar, se tinha alguma que não precisava de elevação, que não foi necessária elevação e que ela mesma assim ainda funcionava?
2: The only technology that doesn't need to be elevated is the floating ones, the technologies that are connected to the to a floating house. And the system is is a floating system, together the house connected to this floating house. So, because it it, it follows the water level to, together with the together with the, the house and the river.
1: Hmm. Interesting. And
2: mm-hmm. and uh, all the other technologies that are in in earth. Let's call this like this. All the earth technologies must be elevated.
1: How do I know the level of the technology that it needs to reach?
2: Yes, this is not a, an engineering process. We, w- the only person who really knows the water level are local people. So we need to value the local knowledge
0: can you also speak just a little bit about the, the you, you talked in, in the last time we met about operation, like operation and maintenance, but what makes operation and maintenance for these technologies or these systems in the conditions where they, they work? What makes it unique? What, what's different, I guess?
2: Generally, the maintenance should follow the protocols of the technology of non-flooded areas. But in these areas, in septic tanks, for example, you, you need to think, to plan in and bring the, the sludge from the septic tank in the dry season, in the, in the beginning of the dry season in a hole on the ground. So you put the, you put the, this material on a calculated, a hole in the beginning of the dry season. So it will deteriorate until the next fluid season. So
0: it's emptied and like buried. Um, No, I was just so curious because they're elevated so that water won't get into them. Is that correct? So they're emptied and buried because they don't want, because there's still a risk,
2: water will get into the system and flood them. Is that correct? there is one important thing. Uh, The publications doesn't say almost nothing about maintenance, that's that's the point. Uh, In our conclusions, we say that the informations about maintenance and operation must be more clarified because they talk about technology, but they doesn't talk about maintenance. All that I, I said here is, is from my experience, not from the 28 publications.
0: What are some of the key things to think about when you're looking at all the options that are available and which ones to, you know, which one to choose for your context?
2: Select the technology. Uh, it's necessary to check first. Is, that, is there energy energy available? Is there water available? and then uh, and then we we should put the options to to local people because in some regions people people will desire water flush solutions because of the status so the people must know the options understand the these devices and then select the the options that they now understand so again it's not uh it is not a engineering process because the technologies are available all of them work we we can assume that so people are that will use this technology that will select not the government or technicians social technology is is uh, is a transforming force, is, is something that, that people can be empowered by, by the development of this technology. When we say affordable technology, we imagine uh, an outside institution thinking about that problem and bring it ready to the community. This is the affordable technology. Is social technology is something that is developed by the community together with some institution. So is a emancipatory technology.
0: I just thought of one more question. And this is just like, I know it wasn't even part of the paper, but did you come across anything in terms of like what can be done? Because these are mostly elevated systems. Like what can be done to adapt them for individuals that might be differently abled, um, elderly people, children. It, did you did you come across anything related to like basically the trade offs to like meeting the needs of like a flood prone area versus meeting the needs of individual people?
2: In fact, the the residences, the houses in these locations, in these environments, they are already elevated. The the houses of local people are already elevated. So in my opinion, the toilet and the system should just follow the elevation of the house. So elderly and children doesn't need to climb steps to go to a toilet because it will be inside or outside or are outside their houses? Because sometimes we think in in toilet as as a separated device from the house. That's the image that we have in in rural areas. But the point is we should think in solutions that are nice, that are, I, I don't know the word in English dignidade. Do you know? The technologies, the toilets must must have this aspect. They should be at, as nice as the the city models. In fact, locals want city models. That's the point. That's why they want water. Because they see it on TV. They, because they see these models when they come to the city. The, and that's this difference of social technology and technology uh, affordable, affordable technology.
1: And now we have a question and uh, let's listen to it. Good
2: morning, I'm Tavi from for sdo Cambodia. Yes, uh, based on now, like income that we work on like more we'll focus on sanitation in challenging environment and flooding in uh, technology option is like hard for us to support our community because like the people who live along the Sap and Mekong river, they live like along the river. So that's why that we need uh, some information related to train uh, construction in flooding area. It mean like uh, six months they live in like the water in the river will come, so they live in the river, and in dry season, the water will be up, so they only in like a dry place. So it helps for us to find the technology that fits their content. Thank you. Because there is no one specific technology, maybe I would suggest the, to think about the water level. The water level is that is important because it will, de- it will determine the, the elevation, you know? But in my opinion, the point is, if there is water in that, in that community, they should use the sept tanks and filters. And the elevation should follow the, the water level of the river.
1: Uh, based on your experience in the Amazon rivers, because I'm sure you have plenty of experience in the area, in Brazil. Uh, Is there a common technology that is suitable for rivers like the ones that you have in Brazil and uh, and can be replicated and applied in other countries?
2: The only technology specifically from Amazon is that one that we developed in, the, in recent years, because in the past, there is, no, there is no available. So in our experience, this technology is, is suitable for fluid plains of Amazon and also similar environments like Pantanal, Brazilian Pantanal, for example. The point is the people want toilets with water. Can you describe the technology?
1: Yes, I was going to ask that. <laughs> describe the technology, like uh, right. tell us where we can find that, you know, things like that.
2: <laughs> In Brazil, is Fossa Alta Comunitária, and we could we could call it like elevated community Sept tanks. It's a it's a water flush technology using water in this in the process is semi-collective. It means that three or four houses flow the excretus to this to the same to the same system. The system is a sept tank and a post-treatment by uh, an anaerobic filter. This filter is is made of rocks with with uh rocks with the same dimensions and then the effluent of this this filter goes to uh to a hole in the ground that we called here sumidouro it's like uh i don't know the name in english right now sorry but is a row is a hole that the fluent get confined so during the dry season, the affluent goes to the ground and during the flood season, uh, the effluent is confined and, and don't go to the environment.
1: It's known that on-site sanitation technologies are beneficial in places where there is a lack of government commitment. What do you think would be the proper strategies to scale up these sanitation solutions? Can you give us an example of a country that has on-site sanitation policies implemented that could be replic- replicated to other countries?
2: Yes. In, recently in Brazil, the, there is a law, they approve it, is the National program of rural sanitation. It was an important step in sanitation in Brazil, specifically for rural areas and the main mo- the main point is it was developed for all for all over the country with the participations of people real people real uh, local people that participated in all the discussions in north and south with different environments so the popular movements they they real they they real participated in this process and the public power just listened, just listening to them and developed this law. So it's a, it's a regional law for all over the country. Remember that Brazil, we have a continental area. So we can't just think about one specific law for every point, every locations. So I think it's a, it's a good example of what could be done in other countries, specifically in the poorest one.
1: I don't know if you know, but I I work for uh, FUNASA, National NASA. Health Association. Yeah. And I was part of that because I was one of the... Um, I supervised a little bit the... The collaboration agreement with uh, Universidade Federal de Minas Gerais. Uh, there I was. Federal <laughs> University. Oh, you were there at that time. So, because there was an agreement between FUNASA and the Federal University of Minas Gerais to implement and uh, to conceptualize the national, prog- national rural area uh, sanitation program. So
2: nice, because it, it was a nice partnership between the federal government and the university because the university can reach the people more directly. So it was interesting.
1: Yeah, it was a collaboration between Ministry of Health, uh, National Health Foundation and the Federal University of Minas Gerais, which was, it was a great product developed. And uh, we can see that uh, the final result with this national program we hope for the best to be implemented in Agudo in Brazil, and it will be.
0: What What does the law state? Is it Is it just to like accept, um, like on site systems as a solution, or like how like is it? Does it like kind of validate or certify specific suit um, designs, or is it more to like represent kind of the different needs of different people in rural areas? It's-
2: It's about the management of the service. It it talks about how the sanitation solutions and companies should reach the the rural areas. It's a quite complex, in fact.
1: Uh, um, Laura, I think that the the biggest uh, accomplishment from that law is the recognition, you know, and I, the identification of the rural area. First, we didn't even know what rural area was. So there was a big challenge in identifying what is rural in Brazil. So this is the, it was the first step because uh, there was no definition for what is rural. And uh, as João paulo said, it's a continental country and there are so many complex areas. So identifying what is rural and recognizing the needs was the first step then it also embraces like what type of need um, and recognizing that that is not just one solution. That is not just centralized as, as it has been implemented in urban areas. So I think this is, this, is, this is the first step. Is there anything
2: else that you'd like to add? So this review, Marcio, uh, was a part of doctoring project. And in this process, we developed a technology specifically for flu planes in Amazon. And this review turned it a, a technology available for people from Amazon. Never before they had a bathroom. They always did it in, in the bush, like open defecation. So the, this research, resulted in a real technology as a, product, as a product that could be used by the government to change this reality.
1: So, João Paulo, we are almost at the end of the podcast, but I have a final question for you. In the last three minutes, what are the top three highlights that you consider uh, for the work that you have done?
2: we must consider water options because people really love the water flush toilets because it's operation and because of the status related to it. It's, it's, It's intelligent as well to listen to the locals, you know, and give them real opportunities to participate and contribute we need to consider the technology not as devices and just simple technologies, but as, as systems that should be on their environment for a long time in a sustainable way. The people-
1: Thank you so much, João Paulo, for the work that you have done and for sharing your experience with us and uh, thank you, everyone, for your interest and for listening to our podcast today.
0: Great. We hope that you found today's episode interesting. We'd like to thank our guest Paulo, for joining us today. Be sure to check out the sanitation library at www.susanna.org for Papers to Practice episodes. And subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Outcasts, or whatever podcast platform you use. To find out more about Gianpaolo's work, visit... Uh, oh gosh, how am I going to read this out? <laughs> HTTPS. Um, I'm going to use the first one um, at www.mamiraua.org. If you have any thoughts on today's episode papers you would like us to review or would like to be involved in other ways email me at lkohler at cost.org or dorothy at dorothy.schuller at Ava.ch. we thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next month